it's just an honor and a privilege to praise God and worship alongside of you. Amen. I hope you'll join with me and, and just enter right in. Amen. Nothing brings me more joy than giving God glory. Amen. This never gets old to me. Amen. I hope it never gets old to you. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this song together. I bless your name. I bless your name. I bless your name. I give you honor. I give you
just pray that he opens our eyes tonight eyes of our heart that we could see his word amen chase away all doubt and fear amen in each and everyone's life god bless you all and welcome to our service tonight and uh trust that you are all well in the lord and uh hope that you've remembered that tonight was the night we have our broadcast um I wanted to announce right at the beginning here that uh, I realize that broadcasts for service are now becoming a little passe, uh, a little bit uh, out, of, out of season, if you like. And so, Lord willing, uh, in the middle of June, which would be, I think, starting around the 9th of June, I would like to go for the summer period. I'd like to go for a live service every Wednesday night. And I trust that will be uh, good for you. And uh, since we only have one service on Sunday and having a live service every Wednesday night, uh, we'll do that for the summer months and uh, just see how it goes and just uh, trust that you'll make a special effort to be there on a Wednesday night. I know it's not possible for everybody, but uh, it'll mean more traveling for me, but I think it'll be better than uh, doing the broadcast here uh, so we can put that behind us. If we need to do the broadcast, we certainly will. And I thank you for being here over the over this last year, uh, 14 months, uh, to be listening to the broadcast. But uh, just trust that the Lord will uh, honor that and, and meet with us on Wednesday nights. So let me know uh, how you feel about that. And um, if you have your uh, phone tonight, you want to get in on the amens, uh, that would certainly be good. I've got my amen button here, so uh, love to hear from you tonight. Uh, we want to take a little subject tonight, uh, Shalom in the Home, number four, and we're going to deal with a specific issue tonight, uh, a question that was given to me by one of our young people. Our young people ask good questions. Before we do that, let's uh, give you four prayer requests or three prayer requests and uh, then we'll read the scripture uh, tonight. We want to remember Sister Shirley Lingle and her mom. She is still in the hospital. She's quite uncomfortable, uh, but she is uh, still there, and they're doing some tests on her, and uh, she's just ready to get out of there. Sister Shirley goes up twice a day to visit her, and it's obviously draining uh, for her. We want to remember Brother Fulcher uh, and just trust that the Lord will give him strength. He's had a seasonal uh, cold over this last few days. We also want to remember Brother Andy Irish's mother, and we also are praying for Sister Mary Smith, and uh, she realizes that, uh, you know, the loss of balance is a, uh, a very trying thing, and certainly we don't want her to get any further injuries by a fall. So if you don't mind just praying that the Lord will undertake for Sister Mary and uh, give her the strength and the touch that she needs. Well, we're going to read in the scripture tonight in two places, uh, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1. And uh, we're going to uh, just take that reading first of all. Uh, so if you have your Bible and you want to do that tonight, we're not doing a PowerPoint. So Ephesians 6 and verse 1, and we'll take our reading there uh, tonight. Now, in the, uh, in the, in the reading uh, from Ephesians chapter 6 here, uh, in my Schofield Bible, I have a subheading here for chapter 6, and it says, uh, The Domestic Life of the Spirit-Filled Believers as ch Children and Parents. 
So this is a very practical kind of a chapter. It's one of those chapters that uh, tells you specifically how we should treat one another or uh, what are the responsibilities of parents and so forth. So there's a lot of good advice here, but I want to read just the first three verses, if you will. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless our time tonight, I pray. Lord, may it be edifying for each and every listener. We are a people, Lord, who while in these bodies and on this earth, we have needs. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, that Lord, you would speak to our hearts and that you would just quicken the word, make it real to every individual, every family. And Father, may something that's said tonight just strike a chord in every heart. We commit our time into your hands now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. All right, now, if you have your Bible, uh, I want you to turn to Leviticus chapter 19. And uh, we're going to use that little passage uh, in Leviticus chapter 19. And we're going to uh, refer to that in just a moment. All right, let me give you the question that I was asked. And again, I, I just I just appreciate our uh, young people because they're very thoughtful and I invite them to ask questions. Um, and and they, I'll tell you what, they, they come up with some great ones. And uh, I, I've shared some of them with you. And tonight, uh, our, our Bible study tonight is going to be a response to this particular question. Uh, it was interesting the other day. I wish I could have photographed it, but after Sunday morning service, I think two weeks ago, uh, there was a bunch of young girls, little girls, who came to me and they had a, a, a notebook. And in the back of the notebook, they had five or six questions written down and they wanted answers right then. And let me tell you, they were all really good questions. They were about conversion and salvation and uh, the work of Satan. And I, I, I mean, I was impressed. Uh, there were some adults even who were standing by and they were listening to the little girl's questions. Uh, I mean, it was just really outstanding. And it's a real, it's a proof of two things. Number one, that uh, the Holy Spirit is present to help capture their attention in service. And number two, that's also reinforced at home because they would not have an interest in spiritual things outside of the church unless they had an interest uh, and, and conversations about those stuff at home. And so let me applaud you for the things that you're doing with your children. Let, and, and another example, and I meant to say this uh, before, I, I noticed um, it was Sister um, uh, Frida has been out a little bit because of her mom and being away and so forth. And so I was helping to record some of the offerings that came in just in our, in our computer program. And I noticed some of the kids there had put in like 50 cents in, in their tithe envelope or a dollar in their tithe envelope. And I thought, wow, I need to say to the parents of uh, these kids, so you parents know who you are, that you're, you're absolutely doing the right thing in teaching kids to uh, obey the commandments at such an early age in little, little small amounts. And it may not seem hardly anything to us to get 50 cents in a tithe envelope. But I will tell you that to me, that is an indication that parents are teaching their children right, that no matter what you get, we're gonna put God first and we're gonna honor God by paying tithes and then you know trust God to pour out a blessing. 
And kids don't come up with that on their own. They're hearing that and they're watching mom and dad pay their tithes and they're hearing uh, about that. That is the right example. That is the way to get your, your kids to uh, do this when they're older is when we teach them at an early age. And so for you parents that are doing that, uh, just carry carry on and, and just get the kids in tune with following the commandments, even at a really young age. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And I meant to comment on that before. All right, here's the question. And, and this was given to me a couple of months ago, and I felt tonight it would fit in our uh, Shalom in the Home series here. How does, quote, obey your parents, unquote, how does that scripture work if you are an adult who lives at home? specifically girls. For instance, if you want to do something that isn't bad, but your parents say no, are you going against scripture if you make your own choice? This area gets very confusing to me once you're a working adult but still live under their roof. Great question. Let me read it again. How does the scripture obey your parents work if you are an adult who lives at home, specifically girls? For instance, if you want to do something that isn't bad, but your parents say no, are you going against scripture if you make your own choices? And this area gets very confusing to me once you're a working adult but still live under their roof. Now, I, there's, a, there's a lot of great things in that question here, but let me just kind of pick some of the highlights. And I want to uh, do a little introduction to this as, as you figured I probably would. Um, and, and that is, uh, you're, you're right, I would, uh, this, this uh, question is specifically uh, asking for, for, the, uh, for the girls, and so we can assume that a girl probably asked the question. If, if it was a boy who asked the question, then we, I, I, I probably would add in a little bit, uh, maybe a little different consideration, but there's a principle at stake here that I want to uh, reinforce for you. Uh, let me give you a little quotation first of all, and this is, is your life worthy of the gospel? And Brother Branham says, well, I was preaching the other night somewhere about women to obey their husband. And he says, obey? That went out of the marriage ritual a long time ago. Now, remember now, he's talking about women obeying their husbands. He said, but they ain't got to do that. No, sir. They live in America and they'll let you know so. They're not going to obey. But as long as you don't do it, don't never try to call yourself a Christian because you're not. I don't care how much you dance and speak with tongues. If you don't obey your husband, you're out of the will of God. Now, let me tell you something. I can hear uh, the nails scraping on the chalkboard all the way up here in Virginia uh, because obedience is, uh, you know, it's not always a popular thing and it's not always an, an, an easy thing, uh, but it's always in season with God because uh, your obedience to godly principles speaks more about your relationship with Christ than anything else. Uh, if, you, if you obey the word of God, uh, let me tell you, that tells a lot about uh, how, how your relationship is with the Lord Jesus and uh, it's a very important thing. Now, Brother Branham's comments here, uh, you know, they're, they're not always easy, but I will tell you that independent, uh, arrogant, strong-willed women, uh, I will say this, and I've got to say this carefully, that, uh, you know, when you think about how uh, the nature of a real Christian sister is, uh, it doesn't exactly look like the modern women of our day. 
and that's been true for a long time. So uh, there's a, a nature in a real Christian sister. The point here, though, is that, and the more important point, is that obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is a very important thing to God. And you have to recognize your your place and your role and where God is, has you now. And uh, let me tell you, all of us are under headship, whether a husband, because the head of the man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And so we're all under uh, uh, the, the headship of another, and we're all uh, required to be obedient and submissive in the right way. Now, in our modern world, uh, things are quite different because uh, uh, children especially, and once you get from middle school age on upwards, uh, let me tell you, kids really do have their own mind about things, and uh, it's, it's uh, becoming quite a problem in our society because uh, there's many kids, many young people don't want to be told at all what to do. They don't want to be told that there's a standard. And let's just let's just be specific about uh, you know kids in the message. There are, there are a lot of kids that hey they don't want to be told. I, I was talking to a minister a while back who was out uh, ministering and he, he talked about relationships and courtship and so forth. And he said those kids really rose up against that. They did not want to hear that at all. And that doesn't mean that they're right. Uh, I, it is important for us as as ministers to minister correctly and minister. Uh, you know, with sensitivity to who we're speaking to. But the Word of God is the Word of God, and we're supposed to obey it all, at, at all times. And God is looking for an obedient heart and a submissive heart. That's who he can deal with. And I will tell you as a pastor, it's much easier to be able to deal with people who have a submissive heart and uh, show me where I'm wrong. Show me where I made a mistake. Show me uh, what I can do to correct the situation. Let me tell you, it's a lot easier to deal with people like that than people to say, well, huh, I'm leaving the church. If, if I don't get my way and I everyone doesn't agree with me, I'm gone. Well, you, you'll, It's really hard to deal with people like that, partly because they're gone. But it, 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 is, it is an important thing for us to consider obedience. Now, um, <laughs> Uh, I, I was I was doing a little bit of research and I found this online and I, I just had to include it because it was funny to me. And and the question was, uh, should kids listen to their parents all the time? Now, this is not a kid in the message, all right? This is a, a response that was given to this question. Why should kids listen to their parents all the time? And his answer was this. Parents are not always right. Once my mom thought that ice cream at Jason's Deli cost money. Plus, the parents could be serial killers serial jaywalkers, serial litterers, serial forgers, serial members of godless cults, or fans of Justin Bieber. So yeah, kids shouldn't listen to their parents all the time, but sometimes they may be right. Use your own discretion. I'll leave that with you. I thought the last line, last couple of sentences were interesting. So yeah, kids shouldn't listen to their parents all the time, but sometimes they may be right. So you use your own discretion. Oh, to me, that's pretty funny. Except to say that uh, when when somebody uses the phrase "use your own discretion," it means that uh, you you should do what's right in your own eyes. You should make your own decisions and decide whether you're going to obey your parents or not. Uh, and normally that would mean I'll obey them if I agree with what they're saying. 
Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna probably disagree if I don't like what they're saying, or if they require something of me that I want to give, <clears throat> then yeah, I will. Uh, I'll I'll listen to my parents. But if they tell me something that I don't want to do, then I'm not going to obey my parents. That's what use your own discretion means. It's entirely up to you. Well, I have news for you. It's not entirely up to you. Uh, there are definite commandments in the scripture related to this question. Now. Let me let me give you a little bit of a broad perspective here, and uh, before we deal specifically with that question that was asked to me by somebody in our church, uh, because this is a person who wants to know, am I violating scripture? And so this is an important thing, and I, I want to uh, focus on the scripture here for a moment. And if you don't mind, uh, let's go to Leviticus chapter uh, 19. All right, if you have your Bible open there, I'd like to read this with you. It's it's a great, great passage of Scripture. As I said to you before, if you think that uh, all the Old Testament was for the Jews and none of it applies anymore, uh, you're just, what, what I would say, flat wrong. Uh, because you can see how Paul would have gone to Leviticus 19 and taken many things. James has included portions of this in his writings. Uh, Paul has lots of them in his writings. Jesus has lots of them in his sayings. There's there's a whole lot of things here that uh, are, are definitely applicable. So let, let's just look at Leviticus 19, and and I would I would encourage you as a family to sit down and go through this chapter. This is this is really uh, full of good stuff. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the uh, all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy. For I, the Lord your God, am holy. So this is uh, this is a, a common phrase that the Lord spake unto Moses, and it's in the Bible because we we need to know this is not Moses' thoughts. This is God's thoughts. Moses is just a microphone. He's just a channel here, and this is relate in relation to holiness. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. So, in other words, God is saying, I want you to be like me. I want you to think like me. And I want you to act like me and respond like me. Now, here's how we are to do that. Okay, so God just doesn't give us a commandment, but he gives us uh, literal and uh, perfect examples of what he means by living holy. Here we go. You shall fear every man his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. I got to stop for a minute if you don't mind. This is the opposite of the order in the Ten Commandments that's given here, because he's not really he's not really citing the Ten Commandments as if we've forgotten them, but he's saying that you shall fear or respect every man his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbaths. Here's an interesting point: the word "and" in Hebrew is one letter. And it also means but. So put this in put this in, in the in the context of the sentence here. You shall fear every man his mother and his father. You shall respect them, but keep my Sabbaths. So if your parents actually are telling you to violate something in Scripture, keep the Sabbath, keep the commandment. If they tell you, for instance, if you found uh, $500 in the church parking lot, you find five $100 bills in the church parking lot, and your parents say, oh, hey, give that to us. That's okay. Uh, that really would not be the right thing to do. 
it would be right for them to try to find out who lost it, at least try to find out. And that would be the honorable and the right thing to do. If they tell you, all right, you you just keep the money or let's I'll keep the money, the parents will keep the money. I think as a young adult, you have a responsibility to, to do the right thing. Now, uh, you... I believe as a, as a son or a daughter, you don't have a right to get in your parents' face and say, I'm not going to do that. But what the Hebrew people were taught to say to their parents were, Father, is it not written in the Torah? That's what they were told to say. If a situation like this arose where they were told to honor their mother and their father, but keep the Sabbath, I am the Lord your God. I've given the commandment about the Sabbath. Sabbath is very important here. And you should honor your father and mother. But if there's a discrepancy there and you're old enough to do this, keep the Sabbath. Keep God's law. Keep God's word. Because that's an important thing. All right? And this is not teaching disrespect. This is teaching adults who are capable of making their own decision here and to be able to stand for what's right in an honorable way. Okay, so this is not teaching disobedience. Follow on in the chapter here now. In verse 4, it talks about, Turn ye not unto idols, nor make to yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. It talks about peace offerings down through here. In verse 8, <clears throat> sorry, verse 9, When ye reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field, neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of the harvest. That's still done in Israel today. Verse 10, And thou shalt not glean thy vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every grape of the vineyard. Thou shalt leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Now, you remember Ruth and Boaz were gleaners in the field, and they went after the gleanings and the things that were left in the corners uh, because that was a principle that God honored. And he certainly did in the life of Boaz. In verse 11, You shall not steal. Well, that's still a commandment today. And you shall not swear twelve by my name falsely, neither shalt thou profane the name of the Lord thy God. Still in force today. Thirteen, thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him. <clears throat> Those things are all applicable. Fourteen, thou shalt not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but thou shalt fear the Lord. You shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty, but in righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor. Hey, those things are all very applicable today. These are not foreign or reserved for the Old Testament. 16, you ready? Thou shalt not go up and down and say, Talebearer, talebearer is a gossip among thy people. Neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. You shouldn't be a gossip. That's still true. 17, thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Still true. 18, thou shalt not avenge. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Thou shalt not get even. Getting even is entirely in God's hands. Neither, verse 18, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Does that ring a bell as to what Jesus has taught us? You shall not avenge, neither should you bear a grudge. Is it easy to bear a grudge? You better believe it. It's easier to give in to that. It's easier to gossip. And many times people gossip because they're trying to find an ally. They're trying to find somebody who would agree with them. And here the commandment is that they absolutely should not avenge, neither bear a grudge, but you should love your neighbor as yourself. 19, you should keep my statutes, period. 
You shall keep my statute, keep my word, follow my word, understand my word, teach my word, and keep my word. Thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind. Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed, neither shall a garment mingle of linen and wool come upon thee. God wanted things to be kept pure. Verse 20 down to 26 deals with uh, adultery and fornication. And then uh, in 28, take note of 28. You shall not make any cuttings in the, your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Next time somebody asks you about tattoos or wearing piercings, there's your verse. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, neither print any marks upon you. I marvel at those people who have, uh, you know, markings on them from head to toe. And uh, it's, it's just absolutely, uh, it just uh, uh, boggles my mind as to why somebody uh, would do that to their body, would do that to their flesh. Uh, and, and God didn't want it uh, to, be, to be done at all. Now, remember, there are three categories of the Old Testament law, the ceremonial law and the dietary laws and the moral laws. Uh, the ceremonial laws, like offering lambs, that ceased when Jesus died on Calvary. The, uh, the uh, dietary laws and the things that you could eat and, and not eat, those things were reserved for Jews. The moral law is still in place. Verse 28 falls in the category of a moral law. As a matter of fact, almost everything in this chapter falls in the category of the moral law. Now, watch verse 30. This is what I was getting to. You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. I was getting my hair cut today, and uh, the barber was talking about, you know, how I felt about the scripture and the sanctuary. And uh, this is the conversation that went on. And they were saying that I don't think really that, you know, having a coffee and a donut in the sanctuary is the right thing. And uh, bringing it in, uh, you know, to the sanctuary while you're listening to the service. And I said, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Uh, but that's one of the ways that churches are advertised now, that you can bring your big gulper and you can bring your uh, donuts with you. And, uh, you know, you can sit back and like some people are tonight sitting back in their big easy chair and uh, have their big gulper there tonight. But in the sanctuary, God says, we're going to keep this place uh, reverent. And that's where it's found right there. 31, regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. They will defile your mind. They will defile your spirit. 32, thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. I am the Lord. 32, notice it now in relation to our subject. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head. That literally means you should stand up when an old person, when you come in the presence of an older person, when an older person enters the room and you're you're there, you should stand up before the hoary head. Hoary means gray. And you should stand up in the presence of an older person when they come into the room and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. That's exactly, that's exactly what that scripture's uh, referring to. Is is to do that. Let me give you a another version of that of that same uh, of that same verse. There, stand up in the presence of the elderly and show respect for the aged. Fear God. I am the Lord. 
Do not take advantage of foreigners who live among you in the land. Treat them like native-born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. I hope you can see the consistency with which, uh, you know, God is is saying this here. And he's he's teaching, uh, you may have thought I was teaching disrespect in the early part of the verse here, uh, early part of the chapter here. Uh, but uh, God wants the children of Israel to be sure that uh, they they respect their elders. And that's a very important thing. So no matter what you do, and in answer to the question, no matter what you do, you should never speak or show disrespect to your elders. You may not agree. Uh, you may have to say, you know, very straight things. You may have to talk about some difficult things. But we are never given a license to be disrespectful uh, to your elders. That's for that's for sure. Now, verse 37, if you don't mind, we're ending up in Leviticus 19. Therefore shall ye observe all my statutes and all my judgments and do them. I am the Lord. Why? Just because. Just because. This is what uh, God's word requires of us. And this is what we uh, should be doing. So <clears throat> let's deal with this, uh, this commandment that we read in Exodus 20, uh, which is the fifth commandment and uh, also the... Um, the uh, text we read in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, where we are to honor our parents in the Lord. Now, um, it, this is an interesting thing because uh, there are commandments in the scripture to love God. There are commandments in the scripture to love your neighbor. There are commandments in the scripture to love yourself. But there is no commandment in scripture to love your parents. We are called to honor our parents. Society is not necessarily successful because it honors, or sorry, because it because young people love their parents. Society is successful when, when people respect and honor authority. So for instance, let's say it this way. We have police, in our area and we have a president, we may not agree with everything they do. We may not like everything they do, but society will prosper when it honors those two institutions. I remember when uh, I was in the White House for the very first time and President Bill Clinton was there, he was in office. And there were things about President Clinton that I did not agree with and that I did not respect. However, when you're in the presence of somebody in a place like the White House, you stand when he comes around. We were told to stand still because the president was moving from one place in the White House to another. And you, it, it, let me tell you, it's, it's not an, it was not an atmosphere to be disrespectful to the president. May not agree, but... Uh, where the Bible says that we should honor the king. And I believe that society prospers and society does best when it honors those that are in rule and in power. Now, <clears throat> this, this question comes up and we say, okay, all right, Brother Barry, we know that we're supposed to honor our parents, but how about an, uh, someone who is an adult and they're living at home and uh, your parents may say something that you may not agree with? All right, because this is also especially difficult for us who have parents who may, frankly, not even deserve much honor. 
my father was a Roman Catholic. He was an alcoholic. He was not good uh, really to my mom. He wasn't physically abusive in any way, but uh, you know, he, uh, he was consumed by uh, his habits. And so you may ask the question, well, why should I honor someone like that? Uh, why should I honor, uh, you know, my parents are having a broken marriage. Why should I honor them? Or why should I honor them if they require something of me that I do not agree with? So let me just work down through this and say that uh, we should not confuse honor with obedience. Uh, many times I thought as long as I obeyed my parents, I was honoring them. And uh, you can actually do things in obedience to what your parents say, but in your heart, you might be full of grumbling and complaining. Were you being obedient? Yes. Were you being honoring? No. Because learning to obey your parents with a happy heart, uh, which is giving honor where honor is due, is essential in terms of your entire life ahead of you uh, and, and your relationship to God and obeying God with a, with a happy heart. So, you know, with a, with a heart of contentment. This may, be, this may be old fashioned, it may be hard to hear, but one of the best tests of your spiritual maturity and your commitment to Christ is how well you honor your parents. I can hear the, uh, the rustling of, of parents' feet when they're, where they're going to get their kids and bring them back into the room where the service is on. Uh, so let me repeat that again. This may be old fashioned, and this actually may be hard to hear, but one of the best tests of your spiritual maturity and your commitment to Christ is how well you honor your parents. My wife is, she's not a young person. I mean, well, let's say it this way. She's between 30 and 29. Okay, let's say that. She still very much honors her father. We do everything we can to care for him. He's 94 years old and we are not teenagers. But the commandment has no time limit to it. There's no, there's no time association with that. But let me give you a little perspective on your parents. They're actually co-creators with God because they gave you physical life. God gives you eternal life. And in the, in the hierarchy of commandments, uh, these are the, the first five uh, commandments. And number five is to honor your mother and your father. Uh, there's only two things that the Ten Commandments tell you to do. There's a number of things that tell you not to do. But the only two things that you're told to do in the Ten Commandments is, number one, to don't forget the Sabbath day. And number two, honor your father and mother. So God puts that in terms of hierarchy. God puts that way up in front here uh, because it is important. Now, I will say this. Parents should conduct themselves in a way that they could elicit obedience from their uh, children. It's great when parents act in an honorable and a just way and a fair way every time, and they get they hit the nail on the head every time. But uh, the only parent I know like that is God, and I know that I am not always the best parent. There are things we know after the fact. There are things that we might learn after the fact. There are things we might reconsider after the fact. You're not always called in question to correct your parents or to make sure that, uh, you know, your point of view is always heard. Let me say it again. One of your best tests of your spiritual maturity and your commitment to Christ is how well you honor your parents in this matter. It is a big deal to God. 
And I will tell you that in terms of the Ten Commandments, it is important. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30 says, Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel, I, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father shall walk before me forever. This is God speaking to Solomon. I say indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. That word lightly esteemed, that phrase, it means they shall be forgotten. God's not even going to consider people that don't esteem or honor him. But he says, for them that honor me I will honor. So it's always right for you to honor God. And when you when you obey your parents, according to the reading of the commandments here, when you obey your parents, you're doing that for yourself between you and God. And that's what's important. It is important because it's God's word, it's God's requirement. So it's important for you to do that and not debate everything your parents say. Let me give you a couple of ways that you can honor your parents. Number one, you honor your parents with your eyes. Now, this may seem kind of simple here. I want you to follow me. Oftentimes, your eye reveals the attitude of your heart. Have you ever seen somebody who, you know, you're trying to talk to them and they're rolling their eyes and they're, oh, here we go again. It's a very disrespectful thing. And it is one of the things that our kids knew you're going to get a spanking if you roll your eyes because that is one of the ultimate expressions of disrespect. Proverbs 30:17 says, and this is a great verse, the eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out and the young eagles shall eat it. Do you want me to read that again? Remember now, this is somebody who mocks at his father with his eye. God wants you to respect your parents, and communicate honor to them. And he wants you to use your eyes in doing it. One of the best ways to do that is by looking at them in the eye when they're speaking to you. Take off your headphones, turn off the screen, put the phone on mute, close the book. When your parents are speaking to you, look them in the eye, give them your full and undivided attention. This will honor them and it will be pleasing to God. Because when you do that, you're showing from your heart, I'm really open to what you're saying. May not agree, may not like it, but I am open to what it is that you're saying. And I'm listening. And your expressions of uh, putting away your phone for a minute or turning off the screen or laying down your book or whatever else, taking out the headphones, these days you're down deep. Uh, that That is an expression of your respect. You cannot, you cannot really fully listen to your parents with one, you know, one earphone half cocked and uh you know you're you're texting uh, your friends all the time yeah okay mom okay dad yeah great yeah wonderful we know what that is the second thing that you need to do is honor your parents with your words you got to listen to this speaking with a disrespectful tone of voice really is grievous to the holy spirit and many times and i would say this not only between uh young people and their parents but between one another between adults uh, between children, when they speak disrespectfully, it is something that is uh, really not a good thing because it grieves the Holy Spirit. Many times uh, you can say the right thing. You can, 
Uh, I'll tell you, I wish I had a little bit more time on this now that I'm thinking about it. You can actually be saying the right thing. You can be saying truth, but the way you said it was not honoring. The way that you expressed it. Uh, you can say things, uh, you know, like, oh, I, I, can't f I can't find my keys. We're in a hurry. We got to leave the house. I can't find my keys. And someone might say, they're on your desk, stupid. You may leave off the word stupid, but you you can you can say that like that, which is very disrespectful. You, you're right, but let me tell you, at the end of that conversation, everyone's grieved. You can say, yeah, mom, or you can say, yeah, mom. There's a way to say things right. I remember one time a little boy came into our house. There was a family visiting our house and one of the boys came and immediately when he came in the house, I was sitting at my desk and he came right to my office and he, and he looked through the door and he told me, he said, whatever is a bad word. And I said, sorry. And he said, whatever is a bad word. And I said, do you mean whatever or whatever? And he said, that's it. He said, whatever. If you want to honor your parents, ask God to help you speak every word to your parents with a respectful tone of voice. You may need to say hard things. You may need to talk about things that are difficult. You may need to express difficult feelings. You should say what is right, but do it in a respectful tone. All right, here's... <laughs> Here's, here's a way to do it. For all you young people that are listening, for all you children that are listening, if you're old enough now to uh, have just perked up and listened to me, here's the way you can transform or improve your relationship with your mom and dad. And here's the way to use words from your heart and God will be pleased. Because remember now, he hears what you say. He knows what you're thinking in your heart when you say it, and he hears what you say. There's four words. All right, and this will transform your household. This will transform the way your parents deal with you. Everything will change when you use these four words. Are you ready? When your parents ask you to do something or they, they tell you something, you should say, yes, mom, right away. That's four words, yes, mom, right away. Or yes, dad, right away. And from your heart, with a positive attitude, you do what you're asked to do. You may not believe me, but those words are powerful. Try them out. Yes, mom, right away. Yes, dad, right away. Let's practice that. Everybody together now. Yes, mom, right away. Yes, dad, right away. Can I go on? The third thing is kind of a summary of all of this, and that is that we should honor God with our heart. Proverbs 23, 26 says, My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. Proverbs 23, 26. One of the ways you disrespect your, your parents or dishonor your parents is when you keep secrets from them. Uh, very often, very often, my mother could tell there was something wrong. And she would ask me, what's bothering me? I've watched my wife do it with my boys the same way. 
there were times when I lied to my parents rather than opening up my heart to them. And I should have done that. You should let your parents in. Now, for for most things that you can talk about, if there are, obviously, if there are maybe ways that you're afraid or there's injury or something else, you need to find somebody that you can talk to. That is an important thing. It's uncomfortable sometimes to talk to parents about personal things. Uh, but I will tell you this, that Satan loves darkness. He hates the light. And especially in your early years, it's important for you to get some things out and, and things that are not really personal, but things that you can get out, things that you can share with your parents, maybe your feelings or your hurt feelings. It might be um, your desires. It might be your dreams. It might be confessing your sin. Uh, it, you can tell them about your fears, tell them about your hopes. Uh, very often we have discomfort and we have problems because of sin, not necessarily our sin, but the fact that sin exists in the world. And there are confusing, harmful, hurtful things that are out there. And it's good to have somebody to open up to and confess. And this is what Proverbs 23, 26 means. My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. I mentioned the beginning of this service here about, you know, uh, kids paying a dollar or 50 cents in the tithe envelope. That's because they're observing the ways of their parents. Maybe they're on, uh, you know, getting ready to go to church and, you know, mom or dad's writing out a tithe check. And so the kids will say, hey, I, I got $10 this week. And I, all right, well, here's an envelope for you. And, you know, it, it those are simple things and those are on a smaller scale. But if children will learn to trust the parents and the parents respond correctly, then the children will find it easier later in life to open up their heart and talk with their parents about more serious things. But I will tell you this, that the devil does not want you to honor your parents with your heart. He's trying to break that relationship uh, at all costs. And so he will do whatever he can to try to make you feel like, oh, I can't do that, and I can't do that. If you're in danger at home, like I'd said before, you have somebody you can turn to. You should have somebody you can talk to. But under normal circumstances, I think it's a good thing for uh, you to have a, a good relationship and for parents to develop a good relationship with their kids uh, so that they're able to talk. Now, interestingly enough, and just as a footnote here, uh, that this is the first and only commandment that comes at a promise. It's the first commandment with promise that things may go well with you uh, and that come with a blessing. And and the blessing is not that, it's not literally, if I obey my parents and I'm going to live to be 100 years old and you'll only live to 90, that's not what it means. It rather means that uh, there is a handing down of principles from grandparents to parents to children and to subsequent generations. And the church can be blessed and honored. And there is a, uh, a peaceful coexistence among people that honor God. So if you have parents and, and children in the family that honor God, uh, their lives are blessed. Their lives are uh, honored by God. And the things that they do are honored by God. Uh, you remember um, a story I've told many times, and I, I, 
uh, just very briefly here, there's a story in, I think it's in Jeremiah, about the Rechabites. And the Rechabites, uh, this is when Jeremiah told them all to come into church, and he poured a glass of wine in front of them, and he set it there and uh, said, drink. And they said, nope, we're not going to do it. And, and the backstory is this, is that uh, several generations prior, uh, God had told uh, Rechab not to drink any strong wine. He was in uh, under some kind of a Nazarite vow, and he was not to drink strong wine, neither you nor the generations that follow. And if you track it back in scripture, you'll find that, that place. That was three or four generations back. And now God says to Jeremiah, go get the descendants of Recam and put them in the church and set wine before them and see what they do. And they said, no, man, not going to do it. Because our, our father way back there, he said, which is our great, great grandfather, he said, uh, thou shalt drink no strong wine and all the, the uh, generations following. And so they said, we're not going to do it. Here's a prophet telling him, and he's only doing a test, but he's telling him, uh, you know, to go ahead and drink wine. And God came down in the midst of that, and he did it in, as a uh, kind of as a, an example to Israel, that here are here's a family among you that are still obedient to a promise that was made centuries ago, but they're still obedient to it because God required that of recap and for the generations that follow. And God says, hey, this family shall continue to be blessed. And that's the idea that the, the, the generations in a faith community, the generations of believers, they'll be blessed. And there's blessings that pass on and pass on and pass on. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. If I can do something that my grandchildren will benefit from, it'd be a wonderful thing if I did something like, you know, honor God and obey God and my great-grandchildren are blessed because of that? Hey, Lord, show me what you want me to do and give me a heart that would honor your word. I mean, that's the way we should feel about it because that's actually true. That's very true. So Psalm 103, 17 says this, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children." To such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. Let's read that again. Psalm 103, 17 and 18. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children. So a man is blessed, his children is blessed, his grandchildren are blessed. To such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. My Lord, give me a memory that I can remember your commandments to do them. And let, help me not just to know them, but to do them so I can bless multiple generations. I can, I can allow the blessing of God to spill over to multiple generations. Hey, that's just not a, that's just not a, a, a fancy thought, folks. That's, that's true. The, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. I, I believe that, uh, you know, we, our family is blessed because, uh, you know, brother and sister Fulcher served the Lord and, and uh, as best they knew in the years of evangelism and then came in the message and embraced it and uh, did, you know, did as much as they could, did the right thing. I believe that passes down to multiple generations. And we have grandchildren that are great-grandchildren that are blessed because of them. 
And I want to carry that tradition on. I hope you do too, as a parent, uh, that those under my influence, I want to keep his covenant. Give me a memory. Get, and to those that remember his commandments to do them, Lord, give me that. I think those, that those are wonderful pieces of advice. So I would say this, you know, to the person who wrote me the question, uh, should we obey our parents? Well, that's what the Bible says. Children obey your parents. How about an adult who lives at home? Well, uh, how adult do you have to be where you're not exempt to listening to what your parents say? Well, let's say this. We've always taught our boys that as long as you put your feet under my table, you have certain responsibilities here, and we have a certain amount of influence as long as you're here. When they move out on their own and they're establishing their own household or they get married or whatever else, and I don't recommend this for girls. There are some situations where with girls uh, that's, uh, you know, that, that has to be done or, uh, you know, for one reason or another. And that's why I say this question is a little bit different here for boys and girls, but for girls, uh, as long as you're a part of that household, uh, you're not just a renter, you're not just a tenant, you are a member of the family. And a girl always is supposed to be under headship. A girl should always have headship. Whether it is a father or maybe a grandparent in some cases, or a pastor, a girl is always to be under headship. We're all under headship in one way or another. But the idea of a girl when she gets married, it's just an exchange of headship. It should be coming out from one to go under the headship of her husband. And um, I remember when my sister got married uh, and I was not able to be there, but my older brother walked her down the aisle because dad had died. And he walked her down the aisle because she, re she recognized, she's not a believer, but she recognized that uh, this is a change of headship. And so my brother, my older brother gave her away and she immediately went under the headship of her husband. And so, uh, I, for me, I've always encouraged my boys to communicate, uh, well, let's sit down, let's talk about this. And if they, uh, if they say no, uh, for for instance, in the, in the case of this question here, you want to do something, but your parents say no. Are you going against scripture if you make uh, make your own choices? And again, there's a lot of individual uh, kinds of questions here that we could get into, but it, sometimes your parents are actually uh, saying no, and they may have a very definite reason for that. They may know something about uh, the 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 thing that uh, you're trying to do. Uh, so sometimes it's good to sit down and, and discuss this and say, why is that an issue for you? And is there some way we can reach a compromise? Is there some way that we can, uh, you know, we can do something that would be okay with you? Do you want some time to think about it? Do you need more information? Is there something, some other way that we can do this? For So for instance, if I'm going to go someplace alone, would it be better if I had a traveling companion with me? Say if a girl's going somewhere, uh, it's not always a great thing for a girl to travel far on her, on her own. If she had another companion to go with her, there's safety in numbers and there's also uh, some accountability there too. And that's not a bad thing to do. Would that be pleasing to the parents? So I, 
rather than go against the parents, I'm going to say it's good for you to try to reason with your parents and say, uh, you know, hey, I am uh, 18 years old or 20 years old or whatever else. Uh, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, this is something that I would really like to do. And is there some way that we can discuss this, that we can make this work? Uh, I want to say this, that, you know, the idea of, well, I'm 18, I can do whatever I want. I've searched and searched and I can't find that in the Bible at all. That is a social construct. That is something that our society has conjured up. In the Bible, there's no such thing as teenagers. There's no such thing as adolescents. There's no such thing as permanent students in university. Uh, there's nothing like that. You're either a child or an adult, one or the other. And so if we want to get treated like an adult, we should act like an adult and be responsible and prove that responsibility to our parents. I just don't find in scripture where we are to get up in their face and say, you're wrong, I'm going to do what I want anyway, I don't care what you say. I don't find anywhere in the Bible where it tells us to do that because you've reached a certain age. I don't find that it says we could do that anyway, no matter what age we are. I wouldn't go to my father-in-law and say, hey, you know, it doesn't matter what you say, I'm going to do this anyway. I've never talked to, to my, my in-laws that way or my parents that way. So I'm a, I'm a kind of a person I would, I would want to sit down. If I was your parent, I would want to sit down and say, why are you wanting to do this? Is there some way we can compromise? Is there some way we can come together uh, on mutual ground here so that we can accomplish this? We're not trying to take joy out of your life, not trying to make your life miserable, but there are certain things that I'm concerned about. And we want to make sure that everyone is safe or whatever else we can afford to do this or whatever the, the question is. But to say, all right, I got a job and I consider myself to be an adult does not exempt us from the commandment. And that's what's important. We have no instance anywhere, anywhere where we are to violate a commandment of God. Now, remember in Leviticus 19, what I, when I read to you, it says that, you know, fear your father and your mother and honor my Sabbaths. So if your parents are telling you something that's contrary to the word and you're adult enough, stay with the word. And of course, you know, we have to do that sensitive, sensitively as well. You know, for instance, just as an extreme example, if you were a girl and your parents, uh, they said, hey, you should cut your hair. I, we like your hair short and we want you to cut your hair like all the rest of your sisters or your mother or whatever else. Maybe they're not believers of the message. And they say, we want you to cut your hair. And you're, you're old enough. You should honor the commandment and say, I would prefer not to do this. And I don't want to do anything that would violate the commandments of God because that's my life. That's who I am. That's what I believe. This is not always just a really straight answer, straight situation here, because I don't know the situation. I don't know uh, what the request actually is. But I know this, that I always want to be respectful to my parents. And I'm encouraging you to be respectful to your parents. And I'm encouraging you to make sure that you don't do anything that's contrary to the Holy Spirit. 
So don't say it in a way that grieves the Holy Spirit. Don't say it in a way that gets everybody riled up. Make sure whatever you say, you say from the heart sincerely and say it right, say it respectfully, even if we do not agree, even if it's some difficult things. Because I know that, you know, sometimes we talk about, you know, f the relationship between fathers and children, mothers and children. Uh, it's not always the same. I mean, there are seasons when you're really close to your parents and then there are seasons when you're not. Uh, so, some people have been violated by their parents. And, and some people have, you know, I mean, been abused and God forbid, I mean, there's been some terrible things that go on. That's why the scripture does not say that thou shall love thy father and thy mother, but it does say we should honor them. So we should at least speak respectfully to them and consider what they say. So I hope that helps and gives you at least some, some uh, area uh, for discussion there because uh, there, I, I need to know exactly what the, the circumstance is. Uh, for instance, if a young girl says, uh, I want to, I want to travel all over the country with, uh, you know, and go meet my friends here and go do this and go do something else and, uh, tr driving or traveling all, I, I would be, <laughs> Hey, I'd be hesitant about that going by herself, uh, and, flying or traveling, driving, uh, you know, and young people sometimes will say, well, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> How do you know? You don't know. And so it's, it's I think it's a really important thing to consider this and say, all right, if, if you disagree, you don't want me to do this, then how can we work a solution out? How can we work together to get this done? I, I think that's, that's a good approach uh, to, to take and to never be dishonoring <coughs> because let me remind you again, of Psalms 103, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. It doesn't say upon them that go to church or them that call themselves believers in your heart. You had to have a respect for God and his word and his righteousness from unto children's children to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. God is looking for people that he can bless that honor his commandments and honor his word. And they honor him in, in doing so. Part of that includes honoring your mother and your father, because that's what the scripture says. Ephesians 6, you can read it. Leviticus 19, that's what it says. And when you find a family that fails to employ, they fail to apply this scripture, you will find a family that's not strong. I trust that that's a help. You know, if you're going to have shalom in the home, if you're going to have everything good in the hood, and let me tell you, it's going to require a submission to God's word in this area because it is important in God's eyes and it is important uh, for the peace in your family. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word and how important this is. Lord, the idea of honoring parents is found in the Old Testament, found in the New. It's found several times, Lord, and it's because it's important to you. <coughs> it's not something that died out because of Calvary. It is something that is still very much in play, still very much in your focus. So, Lord, we desire to walk in your statutes and remember your commandments to do them. We desire, Lord Jesus, to stand when 
the elder comes among us. In other words, we show respect. And Father, I pray that these young people, Lord, that we would learn that because that's a measure of our relationship with Christ. And it'll be passed on from generation to generation. Lord, I, I, I just pray that we would be honoring and respectful in all of our communications between husbands and wives and between young people and their parents, that we would be honest and that we would say things right. Help us, Lord, because we're all human and we all get frustrated and we all get treated unfairly at times. But Lord, we're asking for your help. We're asking for forgiveness because we have done it wrong, but we're asking for your help so that we might get it right. May, Lord, you bless each home with your peace. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. And God bless you, saints. We look forward to seeing you on the weekend. Amen.